0: What's up everyone, just wrapped up and talking with New Zealander, Canadian pop singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, Nikki Kennedy. This newest episode, we talked her life growing up in New Zealand, being immersed in a diverse catalog of music early on, environmental influences, performing experiences, seeing prints on tour, the rise of social media platforms, cover songs, vinyl collection, pop roots, gratitude towards supporters, plus music organizations, importance of embracing her career and more. And now with that being said, here's my conversation with Nikki. Nikki, hello.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on the show today. It, it, it's, you know, it's 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 a really cool thing to have somebody um, like your stature because you have a lot of, I guess, musical abilities, to say the least. Um, <laughs> and and it's like what really drew me to you was like I was watching this video of um, Sarah Bareilles doing "She Used to Be Mine." Mm, um and then song. and then I I came across your TikTok cover of She Used to Be Mine and I said this girl is unbelievable you know Aww, it's hard it's so it's, it's hard to it's hard to really pay homage to a song that's such um I guess a song that speaks so much volume um and and a lot of that is with obviously you know the waitress the musical um But what's interesting mostly is you have a lot of, I guess, musical genres that you categorize yourself in. And that's the thing, you know, like I've (laughs) I've always, I've I've always, when I have artists on, I've always said that, you know, I really want to know what their genre actually is because when people say that they're country blues, jazz or pop Mm -hmm. alternative, and then I kind of question myself, what are they actually? Because I don't know what to label them um, in the appropriate category. Um, So let's start there. I mean, where do you where do you put yourself in the genre spectrum?
1: I think I think you nailed it with the word spectrum, because I do think that um, in general, I think genre is is more of a classification. It's more of a marketing and business term. I, I don't know for me at least that it directly relates to the art itself. So I always try and ignore it a little bit and create the art that I want and then sort of go back afterward and be like, ah, how do I classify this? But um lately and certainly in the last few releases, I've been defining what I do as like nostalgia pop. And for me it's it's more about the essence of creating that feeling um as opposed to maybe uh the conventions that popular music have. Um, in itself. So for me, that's going back to the music that was popular um, when I was growing up. Um, And I think specifically looking at the 90s, I think it's interesting because a lot of genres were hitting the charts and there wasn't a clear cut definition of what popular music was. Um, And I think if you ask anybody sort of like, define pop music of the 90s, it's a little bit hard. And I kind of love that. I kind of love trying to create the art that we want to create and let the influences play in. And sure, I might I might not be a a publicist or a marketer's dream in terms of having a clearly (laughs) defined genre, but I think, you know, humans are multifaceted and and we we feel different things and we want different things at any given moment in time. And I think to niche down too much or to strip some of the humanity from that doesn't quite work for me um so i always say pop because it's uh (laughs) probably the most general and like doesn't have the the specificity or some of the um conventions or constructs required for certain genres like jazz and blues and you know they're very specific countries another example of that um but I think contemporary genres in general—that's um, sort of where I like to pull from and draw from—and pop's just an easy way for me to sum that all up in one word. <laughs> also, like just clicking the button on the declassification uh, for sure.
0: Certainly, certainly, and you—you um, you feel like I like. Well, while doing some research on on what you kind of aim your music towards is it seems interesting that you are very immersed in the environmental aspect of uh, feeling your music, I guess Mm -hmm. is the best word to use Um, because, you know, a a lot of the artists that I could chat with on on this podcast and I have chatted with, a lot of it has been, you know, just recently had Hannah Blaylock on and she's originally from Alaska and she's and she, basically said that she was really immersed in the vast terrains of the wildlife mm-hmm. um, and, and being like in the mountainsides of things and, and really immersing herself in the nature. Um, and do you feel like with your music, does that ever come a, come about in your music when you're really creating things?
1: yeah it's interesting that you say that alaska is so cool too i've never been but it's on my bucket list um it's interesting that you say that so i grew up in new zealand and i i feel like that that (laughs) that's an important part of who i am as an artist because yeah there is that connection to the environment that you grow up with and and i'm very very grateful and lucky to have grown up in a country like that um and then when i moved to canada i actually moved to toronto which is a industrial in nature you know the condos and the, the metropolitan thing going on um and it wasn't until i moved out west to bc and i was back surrounded by water and mountains and all of these things that i really started to um I, it's hard to explain because i was performing and i was creating in toronto but it was just a different thing that clicked and i think that has a lot to do with the environment and i i think especially given my upbringing I think coming back to earth if you will and like really grounding myself as an artist and as a person and allowing the environment and the landscape to to have an effect I I love being near the water I love seeing beauty I love trees I love all of those things and I don't know that I necessarily um, consciously think that it's playing a part but I, I think it really does and um i think the the fact that i've been creating more since i've lived out west is is probably a good indication of that
0: absolutely and and you you you're, you're res- residing in vancouver
1: currently <laughs> yeah. right yeah, yeah that's
0: that's you know like there's there's been a lot of uh, people and and music stars now coming from vancouver um you know watching american idol last night was um just something to really I was, I was, well, I would say I was, I was astonished by the the talent that comes out of Vancouver because there were two, there was, oh man, who was it? I forget who the other lady was. Uh, but there was Tyson Venegas, who's just an absolute like Billy Joel type artist.
1: Incredible.
0: And then, you know, there's this other, other artist I think was last night. I wasn't sure what her name was, but she was from Vancouver. Um and and it's it's you know those things like that you know there are superstars like Lauren Spencer Smith who was from Vancouver mm-hmm, and ride. now yeah. and now she's global stardom, right? And and that's the thing I feel like there are a lot of Canadian stars that are young that people don't know about, and
1: mm-hmm. then
0: they kind of like gradually work their way up in different, I guess, playing out in different areas, and then busking in different areas and then someone sees them and then they kind of refer to another person and another person gets them and then somehow they get into a managing type thing and then the whole thing unfurls I mean what's your aspect on on that kind of realm I guess
1: I think like it's also interesting how social media is sort of playing into that now too um and uh, like speaking of Lauren, obviously incredibly talented and, and certainly had a lot going um, for her, even before American Idol. But then American Idol, but I think also the combination of that with her TikTok presence and the fan base that she was able to generate there, like that I think also changed the game. And I think that's something, it's certainly something that I I'm finding hard to adjust to um, it's not natural for me um, <laughs> at all i'm trying I'm trying but um, but i think that's kind of a cool development in technology and in, in the way that we connect with others and community and and suddenly it doesn't really matter where you are you don't have to be in la or nashville or new york to be able to connect with people and build a community that really cares about what you have to say as an artist and then the music that you're making. And like, even the fact that you said <laughs> you saw this, she used to be mine, like, clip on TikTok, like, that's mind blowing to me. That's so cool. <laughs> like, I just, that's, you know, maybe we wouldn't have connected otherwise. Like, it's a really neat thing. And I think it'll change the face of not only how we find artists that we fall in love with, but also how people create content as well and how that line between content and art starts to blur and merge and you know there's always going to be pros and cons to everything but i think it's a it's a really cool thing that's obviously never happened before so i'm excited to kind of see how it plays out
0: absolutely and 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 so how does that kind of connect in your musical household because honestly you're very clear on your music being um early on it was disco and b motown and then pop music eventually Mm -hmm. um where where did that kind of come into play when when it comes to your childhood i guess
1: i was like i was so lucky and so fortunate to grow up in a household where my parents just loved music and so it was always playing and i just always had such positive connections to it because you know when my dad would put on disco music we would like Dance around the living room. And that was a beautiful thing for me as a, a small child. And then on the flip side of that, you know, um my mom would put on Whitney or Celine or Mariah in the car, and I would be wailing along to like the big, sad, emotional ballads as if I could feel all those things at six, you know. Um, and I think like having access to just great music and music that, regardless of whether it was a big ballad or an upbeat disco or a B number, um, made me feel good. And I think that's something that I've been chasing ever since. And I I knew really early on that I wanted to make music and perform and and have that be my life. That's never really been something that's ever changed. but certainly in recent years, it's funny to kind of go back to those roots and be like, oh, like, why did I get into this? And how can I recreate that feeling both for myself and then hopefully for other people too? And it's it's a neat thing to sort of have some distance and go back and be like, oh, like, how did that make me feel? And why did it make me feel that way? And for me, music has like been the one thing in my life that's always just been the the best thing ever like I just love it so much and um it's always whether I want to dance or cry that is like (laughs) my go-to um so yeah now it's an interesting thing to come full circle and and sort of be like how can how can I do that for other people
0: how can I make that happen absolutely and and with the the artists that you were mentioning with your musical inspirations was there a favorite song that you would choose from many of those artists what would it be
1: ooh that's tough you know that's so tough but i think honestly a song one song's hard <sighs> okay i'm going to sort of not answer the question but add to the question i think one artist that probably is the reason that i started singing is Celine Dion. And I think if I had to pick a song, the the song that sort of come up and been a constant for me in different ways over the years has been The Power of Love. Um, but I think I just kind of want to add on to that The Bodyguard the Bodyguard soundtrack Whitney Houston was is still fundamentally like something that I really really hold on to and and love and and go to for all sorts of inspiration but namely vocal uh inspiration because i don't i don't know that there's a better female vocal to have existed and i know that's probably a fairly controversial statement but (laughs) (laughs) whitney is definitely probably um my number one up there with celine
0: absolutely and and i i knew exactly what song you were going to choose from celine um, because I know you've covered that song and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's, that's the really cool thing. You know, I think people like Whitney and people like Celine, they are just a generational talent that just cannot be matched. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a hard thing. It is, it's a very difficult thing to, um, first of foremost, like challenge yourself to sing the one of their songs. Mm -hmm. Um, let alone let alone paid (laughs) like paid tribute to what they've done in the music uh, music business already um and and i and i think that like a lot of your i think a lot of your vision is is very clear that you really embrace your music career um and and i want to read a quote that you said about uh, in an article about embracing your career because you're 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 very clear on it. And it's as as cliche as it sounds, music just brought and still brings me so much joy. I took every opportunity to sing and create throughout my childhood. I'm really not sure I can remember a time where music wasn't everything. Was music everything for you and still is now?
1: Yeah. And I mean that like from the bottom of my heart. Like I it, it, once I had it, once I found it, once it was something that was tangible for me, it, it, my world has never been anything else. And I was very fortunate in school. I had a lot of opportunities, like even like, you know, five, six, you know, those choirs, like, all you know, anything I could do, instrumental groups, orchestra, like everything, I did it. And the first time I ever recorded was because it was part of a school album thing I was 10 I got a solo and it was just it's always been the thing and um even now you know you, <laughs> being an artist is hard and it's uh certainly not without its extreme ups and downs and a lot of that has to do with stability and and structure and and all of that sort of stuff because it is a um a job that is based in a gig economy um and i often you know have tiny moments of thinking you know maybe i need to do something else and the crushing like even talking about just the the crushing feeling of that reality proves to me (laughs) that i can't not do this because it is I have to like it's. I don't have a choice. It is. I. I'm made to do it, and I don't. I don't. I don't know what else I have to offer. (laughs) I don't know what else I would do. But I. It's worth. It's worth it. It's worth the ups and the downs, and and all of that, and and it it literally consumes my life. Even when I'm not making it or performing it, I am one hundred percent listening to it. concerts are like my favorite thing i have a huge vinyl collection that's like continually growing i'm obsessed with consuming as much as i am creating and i think that's an important piece of it too it's not just one-sided i have this beautiful relationship with it um and yeah i don't think i don't think i can stop
0: absolutely um let's well de- describe your vinyl collection because uh, <laughs> well, like i i i have a vinyl collection as well here um and I, I i listen to a lot of old soul songs um anywhere from kenny rogers uh what? down to george jones to frank sinatra to Bing crosby um those types are to- types of artists for me um I do have Lionel. I do have Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie is one of my Alto favorites. Nice.
1: I definitely have a Lionel record. I can't remember which one right now, but I definitely have one. I'll have to follow up with you and let you was, know what it
0: was, is. Was, was was it the orange one?
1: I don't think it's the orange one. Oh gosh, I can't remember. This is this also speaks to the size of my collection. Also how I acquired it makes it a little bit is, more. Is
0: is it the one is it the one with hello on it?
1: I think it is the one with Hello on it,
0: yeah. Oh, ah, okay.
1: Hmm. Probably overdue for a listen.
0: <laughs> no, honestly, that, honestly, there is no problem with having a Lionel Richie vinyl because <laughs> Lionel is just the best, an absolute um, icon. And, you know, on American Idol, they, they don't call him Lionel. They call him Papa Richie. Oh. <laughs> um, you know that like that's you know I've, I've had contestants on from american Idol already and i've i've asked like every single person and i says is lionel richie papa richie and they said absolutely he oh. is 100 percent papa richie he this this guy is just he's basically like a father figure to them
1: oh um, i love that that's amazing you know
0: yeah and and so i think for you you're very also appreciative for people who have supported you along the way mm. um how much how much of that kind of support is important in your career
1: oh, you know uh i think it always takes a village and um whether i think that can take a different shape and form at different stages of your career and and for me i think i've i've had some incredible opportunities and i've had some incredible support um but i'm still very much at an emergent stage and and so that support doesn't always come up in the form of industry um but it certainly comes up in people and i think that's a really really special special thing and i'm lucky to have been supported by my family and my friends like that, you know, obviously not the most conventional career choice, but I've always felt that support. And then certainly during the pandemic, I switched from performing live to performing online. And it afforded me this beautiful opportunity to meet people from all over the world and really connect with other music lovers and and perform for them on a regular basis. And to have, people who genuinely genuinely care about the music that you make and perform and want to see you succeed that is the most incredible feeling in the world and I don't think I'll ever take that for granted and I don't want I don't want to ever take that for granted and I think it's really 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 important to to keep those I hate I hate the word fan it never feels never feels honest for me but um to keep those listeners and those viewers front of mind always and um i'll I'll always be really, really grateful for the what came out of a couple of hard years was something really special and something beautiful, and now I have this lovely, awesome community from around the world that I get to get to sing for
0: absolutely um and and for certain, you know there there's a lot of accomplishments you've already made in your young career. You know, selected as one of 28 participants in the 21 So Can Foundation, TD Incubator for Creative mm. Entrepreneurship, um, semi finalist in the 21 International Songwriting Competition, the 2022 Unsigned Only Music Competition, long-listed for the 22 Faith Nolan Music Award, won a finalist award in the 21 Lennon Songwriting Contest. Proudest, you know, what? there's just so much accomplishments mm. you've already made, um, And obviously you're very adamant on your appreciation for um, other organizations that have helped sort of launch other people's careers as well as yours. You know, can I ask about the, the music counts and music yields um, type in in your career? Because it seems like you're a very huge supporter and and appreciative person.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I think like, one of the biggest things for me um in general is i I believe that music is a healer like i think it's medicine i think it's magic i think it's all of those beautiful things and that's you know obviously that comes from a place of how it makes me feel and, and how i've heard it makes others feel and i just think that everybody should have access to it and I think especially uh, in the form of things like music education and music therapy, um, I just think access is so important. And I, in general, just don't agree that art should only be for those who can afford it. So I'm a huge supporter of those organizations for um, accessibility overall and and the work that they do. And um, I, have been able to contribute a little tiny bit over over the years. And, and I just, I think, you know, when we can, as a society, prioritize um, arts in general, and of course, yeah, I'm a little bit biased and partial to music specifically. Um, and we can ensure that the people that need it, whatever that looks like, whether it's education, whether it's therapy and healing, whether it's whatever, it is, whatever the, just the regular person, um, I think if we can prioritize access to it, um, then culturally as a society, I think, I think we'll be better for it.
0: Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, like the, the funny thing about, um, you know, programs and those things, I, I, I feel like there's, there's been a lot of programs that have been cut, uh, recently. Yeah um even like like for instance i think when i was in high school it was i'm uh, like i'm I'm a performer myself right like mm-hmm. and so i was trying they had this thing called a vocal music class um <laughs> and, and and the thing was the thing was i was excited to see if the, i had any opportunity to do that um the only thing was they didn't have it in my years there um oh. and so as soon as i left they brought it back um which was unfortunate because I was, I was really like excited to just try it out and see how it was. Yeah. Um, but, but, but now like, I feel like people are realizing that it's, we can't like cut these things anymore because I feel like art is a dying thing now. It, it, it really is. I like the same thing with like, even though my love is for country music, I think that, you know, country music and, and whatever folk music like Bob Dylan's music it's a dying art like nobody's making that type of sounding music anymore um and so um there there's also been a lot of contributions you've made in terms of appearances i guess uh performing experiences on ctv morning Uh, you've done humber radio or Mm -hmm. radio humber commercial radio support in australia and press for outlets such as journal of musical things permanent rain press uh vince magazine vancouver guardian audible life and more um and here's the funny thing i i I am from Humber College. I went to Humber North for radio broadcasting um cool. just a couple of years ago, and I was on radio Humber um, and so I, I I need to know what was that connection with radio Humber
1: um so it's cool. so radio Humber has been awesome in playing um a couple of my singles now, but the specifically that opportunity was to i performed a I think it was around 40 minutes um, of live original material, um, which was super, super cool. Um, And I believe that series actually started as a result of the pandemic. Um, Don't quote me on that, but I think that's how it came about. Um, So it was really, really cool. I worked with um, my incredible publicist, Carrie at Bad Parade, she's amazing and just the best human but um she she was able to coordinate that for me and and it was a really neat opportunity to have that live sort of connection actually playing even though I was I was promoting a new new single um it was really neat to sort of strip everything back and have the opportunity to tell the stories behind the songs and and uh approach them in a slightly different way super stripped back just me and my piano and and have that broadcast on air, it was really, really neat,
0: yeah, absolutely, and you know, like you know, like even being with Radio Humber for the years I was with them, um you know like we were we were doing all sorts of different things we did projects like um we had to do i think thirty second spots for advertisements, um we had to do um i think it was what was it it was a sports commercial write up thing, so you would have to like write different um jingles for sports or whatever you're wanting to do it for. Um and and it's it's always a stressful thing to go through that. Um and and so I feel like with Radio Humber, it's a really cool way to really get your music on there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Like campus support, like college radio is is we can't we can't underestimate the value of it, especially for independent artists and emerging artists. Um, because obviously, commercial radio is it's incredibly hard to break through and you need you need a, a big team in order to do that. So for independent artists to be able to get some airplay and get some support from college radio is incredible. So grateful.
0: Absolutely. Um. And so as we're wrapping up here, I want to ask you uh these last couple of questions and they mm-hmm. are uh really tough questions. I would say they're challenging. Okay. Um, and has challenged every single person on this podcast so far um, so here they are so my questions are what would you say is your most personal immersive powerful out-of-body musical experience
1: oh that is a good question okay I'm going to go with the first one that comes to mind get reaction without overthinking um I was able to see Prince on his last tour it was the hit and run tour where they um announced the show the day before the tickets went on sale and then the uh tickets went on sale the day before the show i saw him actually only because of a friend of mine getting me a ticket i wouldn't have had the opportunity otherwise i saw him at 11 p.m on a tuesday night in toronto at a 2500 seat venue which for an artist of that size is you know unreal to have that opportunity and It was a no cell phone uh, event. They had bouncers sort of saying, no, no, turn your phone off, put your phone away. So you had 2,500 people in a room and I happened to get one of the hits nights. Uh, So he only played his hits and you had 2,500 people, no phone, no distraction, 100% watching and engaged. And I've got goosebumps even talking about it. The energy in that room that night was incredible and magical and let's be honest i probably cried my way through it um it was absolutely just transformative and i don't think i'll ever forget that it was like it was truly like an out-of-body kind of experience but i had it with 2500 other people which i think is like the magical thing as well
0: yeah absolutely and 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 here's a here's a picture of prince right now um this is oh my
1: goodness Oh my gosh,
0: amazing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a thing that I bought at the uh, Canadian National Exhibition when they were open uh, last summer. Uh, they oh have this goodness. posters place and so they have all sorts of archived pictures of different legendary artists that you cannot find really anywhere else. Um, and so my last question to you would be, if you were to play a song with anybody who's already up in heaven, who would it be and what song would you play? Oh,
1: okay. I have goosebumps again. Oh my goodness. That is an incredibly hard question. Oh my goodness. There's so many. There's so many people. Okay. Well, I feel like based on our earlier conversation, I can't not say Whitney. I feel like I got to go with it. Um. Oh, the song though. oh that's so hard you're right these are tricky questions that's amazing um let's say just because you know duets always sort of come to mind i guess in these situations let's say when you believe which she originally did with mariah let's say that
0: okay okay i i, I could can, i can dig that for sure
1: because then we could sing it together
0: <laughs> i mean okay listen we're, we're we're not judging we're not judging answers <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, like, I, I think that like, obviously Whitney and Celine would be obvious like top of the list, mm-hmm. uh, artists for sure. Um, yeah, I think like Michael you know, would like,
1: also be up there for me,
0: you know, it, it uh, would, yeah, Michael would be definitely up there. Um, I think like, listen, I think a lot of people who have like answered these questions are like, thank you for actually answering your own questions. Um, because like I will I will answer them honestly and truthfully as well. Um, if I were to play a song with anybody, it probably would be, oh boy, I think, Kenny Rogers, would be. Oh, my,
1: yeah, that would be.
0: Kenny Rogers terrible. would be my all-time one. Um, what song would I play? Oh man, I, I'm I'm really. I a song loving,
1: and it's hard, right?
0: Like like I'm uh, like the the song that I would probably do is "Sweet Music Man." Um, because I think he was a music man. That's, that's what he kind of lived his life by. It wasn't just, you know, Kenny Rogers being Kenny Rogers. It was just Kenny Rogers and, and his own music that he created that inspired many people. Oh, and okay. Here's, here's another one I would do. Uh, If it were to be childhood, um, idols, I would say Fred Rogers, um, Fred Rogers, won't you be my neighbor? Obvious top of the list.
1: Amazing! Oh, I love
0: that. Yeah, I was I was just that. watching something last night about Fred Rogers, and that just came to my mind. And um uh, just what a great guy! And and honestly, this this has been an amazing conversation with you. And thank you so much for taking the time uh, to speak with thank me. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: And 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 so before we wrap up, we need to hear a little bit of that. She used to be mine rendition.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you really want to hear it through my my little pods here but there is a full version on YouTube for everybody to check out
0: yeah and um, I've been yeah. very
1: very grateful for the love on that video and those clips certainly uh even on TikTok which is amazing because I always yeah. think that I'm just talking to no one there
0: <laughs> for sure for sure um well thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and To the listeners who made it this far into the episode, thanks so much for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with New Zealand, Canadian pop singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist, Nikki Kennedy. If you want to connect with her, you can find her on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and on TikTok. To help support my show, please feel free to share with family, friends, or on social media. You can find my podcast on all streaming platforms. I've been your host, Shigmi Keltzeng. Thanks for tuning into the show. (laughs)